Hello, I'm David Osman. On behalf of the Independent Research Forum, welcome to this IRF podcast with David Roche of Independent Strategy. Our subject for this podcast is Investing During a Sawtooth Pandemic Recovery. The Independent Research Forum promotes an extensive range of the best independent research providers from around the world, both micro and macro. Some are stock pickers, some are sector specific, some are country specific, many are global, and all are investment related. The recovery in the world economy from the worst of the COVID crisis is well underway, but many uncertainties remain. As a result of the pandemic, different things are happening in different countries and in different sectors at different times. This cannot be a normal cyclical recovery. How should we assess the shape of this global recovery? It is not a simple V or any other letter for that matter. What are the implications for asset allocators and other investors? To answer these questions and much more, I'm very pleased that we are joined today by David Roach, who is the President and Global Strategist at Independent Strategy. Before founding Independent Strategy in 1994, David Roach was Head of Research and Global Strategist at Morgan Stanley. He holds an MA from Trinity College Dublin and an MBA with the highest distinction from INSEAD. He is also a Chartered Financial Analyst and has a Diploma in Accounting and Finance from the UK's Association of Certified Accountants. David also contributes to many top financial publications and is a regular commentator on the BBC and other television networks. Independent Strategy seeks to create a cohesive global view. It provides institutional investors with research on global strategy and asset allocation. The research of David and his colleagues is based on an objective view of the world as it is, not as some might like it to be seen. It adds value to clients by identifying investment themes and opportunities, often challenging conventional wisdom. The research is designed to benefit both short-term and longer-term strategic thinking. It investigates geopolitical and economic events while looking for interruptions in historical trends to identify investment opportunities. David, welcome. Let's begin with a short introduction to the advisory service that independent strategy provides to your clients around the world. Well, as you said, and I think you said a lot better than I can ever say it, we do macro research, but with the sharpened end that is always focused on investment opportunities, either long or short. We have a wide range of potential services that we can offer to clients. Some of them are tailor-made. There are people, believe it or not, around the world who want to talk to me at ungodly hours, practically every day of the week. And there are other people who are quite happy to receive just the written research reports and daily briefings or whatever it may be that we put out. So while the core of the research activity like that of a nuclear reactor is always in the same process and doing the same things, the way we distribute it varies according to the individual demand of clients, which we try and cater for in a bespoke manner. We've been at it miraculously, I must say, for 25 years. Uh, when the day we started, I thought it might be 25 months, but uh, that's been proven wrong. And hopefully, if I don't drop dead or something like that, we'll be at it for a goodly next decade or more. Thank you for having me on. 
Now, the impact of the global pandemic on the world economy has been truly unique. What does this mean for the potential shape and the various stages of the cyclical recovery? Well, it looks like the teeth in a dog's mouth. We call it a sawtooth recovery. And let me explain why that is. In a normal uh, recession, people and companies lose income. And when the recession ends, they slowly rebuild that income. And as the income is rebuilt, then they go and then consume more or invest more. This pandemic is totally different. Why is it different? It is different because people did not lose income. People actually got income from the government. Disposable income worldwide in the developed economies did not fall. Similarly for corporations, they could borrow more and be guaranteed by central banks or government. And their net asset position actually improved rather than disapproving. But of course, during the pandemic, they couldn't actually act using those resources. They couldn't actually consume anything or invest that much. So the minute that you're permitted to do something, people rush out and they do it. They may consume a holiday or buy another car if there are enough chips around. And then once they've done that, you know, they stop doing it. Once you've done it once, you can't do it again. So what you see is that as various sectors become what I would call unlocked and people are freed up, you see a huge boom in demand in those sectors or in those countries which is followed by a decline towards a trend growth rate, which actually is probably lower for reasons to do with the damage done to the productive system coming out of the COVID pandemic than going into it. So that's why you get a sawtooth recovery in different sectors and different countries at different times. But it is always excess demand followed by a convergence with a normal post-pandemic growth rate. So where are the major economies and the key global sectors now? I would put it to you like this, uh, David. And we have two Davids here, David talking to David. China led the way out of the pandemic. Uh, They either controlled it very well or seemed to. And they were the first really major world economy to recover. Then came the US. And behind that came Europe. And behind everybody, as usual, are the Japanese. So what you're seeing at the moment is the US economy is really... The growth rate is peaking out. We're seeing all sorts of indications that the post-pandemic excess demand, both in the investment goods sector and in the consumer sector, is now satisfied. So uh, people will not uh, do the same thing twice, and you will see a decline in the growth rate in those sectors. And then you will see Europe coming along behind, which is actually coming out of lockdowns. So, of course, the current strain of, of COVID delta is still there. But it's not stopping lockdowns. It's not making people step back from the economy. And Europe will then now climb the upward slope of the sawtooth demand recovery. And then it'll go over the top and come down. And then you have to hope for emerging markets and Japan to follow suit. But it isn't the case. Now, you asked me, too, about sectors, which is important. Actually, what we're seeing at the moment is the manufacturing sector led the way out of the pandemic, out of the trough. Uh, And that is true everywhere. Growth rates in manufacturing were double-digit percentage-wise year on year, and now they're declining to something like 2-3% growth rates. So manufacturing is kind of over the top, but services lag. So essentially, people could order their uh, new computer from wherever you order it from online, but they couldn't actually go out and have meals with their buddies and friends. So what you look for now is for the service sector to replace the manufacturing sector as the engine of growth within practically each of those economies that I've talked about. Now, does this pattern of recovery from the pandemic signal higher or lower inflation? 
I think it signals higher inflation, and particularly over the longer term, but for reasons that people don't really uh, agree on. There's obviously what is called scarring from the pandemic, and so you have a mismatch in the labor force between the people at the low end who lost their jobs and the high-end jobs that are now predominantly being created in automated manufacturing industries, for example. So that limits productivity growth after you initially get a bounce because the low-end, uh, low-skilled workers are not getting their jobs back. And of course, that is the greater mass of workers. So this limits the supply-side response to pandemic recovery. And people say, well, will that cause inflation? Well, it's caused inflation. It's caused inflation out of 22 out of the 28 economies that we monitor worldwide. So it does cause inflation. But of course, the Fed says that that is merely temporarily. It is going to go away after a little bit. I doubt very much that it is going to go away because I think a lot of the scarring of the economic supply system is more elastic than people generally imagine. But that is not the real secret of inflation. I think the real secret of inflation going down the road is that we have changed from a libertarian, laissez-faire, uh, market-driven economic philosophy in every developed country to one of state intervention. Now, that's going to last for several reasons. One is the state has grown by about 20% of GDP in most countries. And secondly, the debt levels have grown by even more. So you're looking at a starting point of 130% of GDP as the sovereign debt level. If you go forward, this enormous debt burden and this huge size of the state will probably be necessary to address the lasting inequalities which COVID has created in terms of the difference in income and the difference in wealth between the haves and the have-nots. So to keep the mass of the people happy, the government is going to have to go on financing lower skill, lower income levels to give them a decent life, basically. And that will require ever higher levels of debt, bigger budget deficits. And those deficits can only be financed. And the debt mountain will only not come tumbling down if central banks continue to keep the cost of capital low and continue to buy government debt. So it is big government coupled in the unholy but permanent marriage with central banks and the financing of a permanent shift in size of government size in terms of GDP and government debt in relation to the potential output, which actually drives inflation and lower productivity in the longer term. Uh, and where do you see global inflation and, and US inflation in, say, 2023? I think the US inflation rate will remain about around above 4%. And I would say that long-term interest rates will probably be between 100 and 150 basis points higher than they are today. And what does the sawtooth recovery mean for major currencies, given the differences that we see between different countries at present? Well, I think to put it in its most simple terms, uh, the countries with the highest growth rates will have the stronger currencies. And we've seen that for the US dollar. Uh, and the euro is, is uh, hanging in there, particularly now that it is recovering. And other currencies, such as the emerging market currencies, which are having a much less of a recovery in the sawtooth pattern will probably remain very weak currencies. So essentially, just taking sawtooth recovery on its own as a determinant of currencies, I would say that what it does is it gives the strongest currency to the strongest grower. But that, of course, is will rotate so that eventually you will see other countries replace the US or China as the strongest growing countries. And those in turn 
provided they don't have absolutely terrible external balances, they will they will then see their currencies uh, be stronger. And what does all this mean for asset allocators and other investors? Well, for a start, there doesn't seem to me to be a very strong argument today for owning uh, government bonds. Uh, and the reason for that is because yields haven't risen to reflect the, the, the forecast of the reality which I'm describing. So I think the upside on yields and the downside on the pricing of bonds remains intact. Secondly, within the same markets, you don't get paid for taking extra risk. If you look at the spread to, uh, say, U.S. high-yield bonds, so we're talking about double B-rated credits, or you look in Europe, you're looking at 170 to 180 basis points. That is an extremely low rate of additional yield uh, for a much higher assumption of risk. So I would say you're not getting paid really in bond markets. In equity markets, you know, as long as central banks continue to print money, as long as the inflationary threat does not really become a permanent one and it remains using Fed speak transitory, then the likelihood is that equity markets will continue at least to hang in there, not increase like they did uh, because they're at very elevated levels. But what the sawtooth economy forecast or pattern teaches you to do is to be extremely selective about the sectors which you're investing in. in. Not even just the sectors, but even the individual stocks you're investing in. It is important to actually chart them. Where are they on the sawtooth recovery? Are they over the, over the top of the summit uh, and going down the other side? In which case, growth actually on a marginal basis turns negative while input costs are certainly not going down worldwide. So you would get margin squeeze. On the other hand, if they are, for instance, in Europe, where we're just getting an emerging um, an emergence from the pandemic trough, then you know you're climbing the, towards the summit of the sawtooth, and the opposite process happens to profitability and to margins. And as European equity markets have lagged the United States equities for a very long time, you know, that may be a better place to be. But the lesson from the sawtooth economy is that this allows you to apply the pattern which is shown to sectors, to countries, and to individual stocks. And it would be wise to have a very granular investment process at this stage of the equity cycle because equity markets are, in the main and in the aggregate, very expensively valued. David, thank you for this most interesting insight into the service that is provided by Independent Strategy. The Independent Research Forum is offering a short trial to the Independent Strategy service and can provide details of how to subscribe to the full service. More information is available from the Independent Research Forum on request. Thank you for listening to this IRF podcast with David Roach of Independent Strategy.